strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! Simply put, if the Suns are going to make a run into late June, then we have absolutely no problem calling an audible and giving you a Wednesday edition of the Big Red Rage in between games of the Western Conference Finals. Especially, Wolf, since what one DeAndre did to the Bills, another DeAndre just did to the Clippers, did he not? (laughs) That is a great way to say it, Paulie. Truly incredible. The Valley Oop, Paulie, lives and I tell you what, uh, what a great night for mandatory psycho. Yes, Bernhard Sykovitz, who, who really was the inspiration. The trash talking in German. Whether the translation was accurate or not, doesn't matter. But the tweet was out there, and you know what? He set the tone for the Lakers series, and now it's beat L.A. times two. As the Clippers are in town, and uh, Suns are on their way, hopefully to the NBA Finals, and we are off and running on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and soon to be joined by the Cardinals player from the International Pathway Program, Bernhard Sykovitz. And Wolf, uh, let's just say he made a comment in the offseason that I think uh, is going to make him one of your favorite guys, just based on the mentality and mindset of the guy we're calling Psycho. So, Paulie, what exactly are you talking about? Because I actually had the opportunity to meet Bernhard Psychobits. Really? Oh, There's a name drop. Wow. Okay, yeah, right Pauly. out of the gate, we get a flex from Ron Wolfley. No doubt about it, Paulie. Had the chance to meet him, and let me just say, I was very, very hopeful after our conversation, <laughs> just talking to him. Psycho is what he prefers to be called, right? Not not obviously a, in the terms of a psychopath, but he, he goes by Psycho. That's what everybody calls him, of course. Everybody that he's been in the locker room with, they call him Psycho, and that's what I'm going to call him tonight when we talk to him. Not Bernhard, I'm calling him Psycho. That's his nickname. That's what he goes by, even in the locker room, Paulie. Well, look, uh, you guys share one thing in common. It might be the only thing, but it's a big thing, and it's the reason you both play and played the game of football. We'll get into that a little bit later. We do know that one other... uh, definite directive from the top the gm steve kime was to find guys who love the game of football this offseason to the point where you know what they're gonna bring the leadership they're gonna bring the physicality and right out of the gates wolf because you've talked about it over and over again and i think it's what all eyes are going to be on when the preseason starts especially when the regular season starts in tennessee week one steve kime on that leadership that he hoped 
just permeates that entire locker room. Here's the GM. Two of our offseason goals, I think, that really stand out to me was was becoming more physical as a football team and, and adding leadership to our locker room. And I think that in, in many respects, I, I call it self-policing your locker room, which we, we can't go home with these guys at night. We can't tell them how much tape to watch. They, they have to do it on their own. They have to have the passion and the want to. And uh, those three additions, certainly, in my opinion, have, have really raised the bar for us in that respect. And he's talking about J.J. Watt and Rodney Hudson and A.J. Green in particular, all three guys, guys part of that 2011 draft class. And to me, Wolf, he's trying to change the DNA of this team from the inside out. No, that is a great way of putting it, Paulie, right there. It's all about your leaders walking around and modeling what it is that you believe in and how they play, how they go about their business. Paulie, in the game of football, do you think knocking people to the ground is a big deal? Do you think that is big? That checks a big box. Paulie, do you think there are players that respect that when they see another guy knock another man to the ground, right? Or whip another man physically, whether you're running a route and you do it in a physical way, A.J. Green, whether you line up and you're J.J. Watt and you you arm under rip on somebody, get the edge, make a sack, just physically whip somebody Man, this this game is about beating people. It's about driving people into the ground. It still is, Paulie, even though it's not nearly as brutal as it once was. This game is still about forcibly removing another man from the line of scrimmage. It will always be about that. And when you do that and when you do it well, Paul, the respect level just goes up in the locker room tremendously. And then that guy who's got all that cred, all that respect, walks around and then challenges his teammates to do the same thing. It's a mentality, Paul, that takes over a locker room. And it's not just the addition of a J.J. Watt or Rodney Hudson and A.J. Green. It's the addition of a Brian Winters, a mauler at right guard. Yes. His job to lose. It's the addition of a big back, a bruising running back like James Conner. 232. And then you have even a cornerback like Malcolm Butler, a quick anecdote. I had a chance to talk with Rob Moore, former Cardinals greater receiver, now the receiver's coach for the Tennessee Titans. What was the last team for Malcolm Butler, and where is he coming from? Where Tennessee. Was yeah, Tennessee, Paul. And so there, and as soon as I mentioned Malcolm Butler, Rob Moore said, oh, oh, he'll fight you on every down now. Street rat. Yes. That was the way. That's by design, is it not, Wolf? I mean, Steve Kahn yes. went out and targeted these guys. I guess my question is, why? What, what did he see? Obviously, there are needs and wants every offseason. Why did he target this particular area? Right, Polly. First of all, let me just say, I was answering your question rhetorically, of course, right? Because I, I assume that's how you asked it right there yes. with Tennessee, Indeed. of course. And let me just say this right now, that when you bring a guy like Malcolm Butler in right now, Polly, you're, 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 what do I call you? I call you the Wolverine. That's what I call you. Why do I call you that? Because you don't want to back Paul Calvisi into a okay. corner, ladies just, and gentlemen. Just stop. All right, just I've seen stop. him take a bottle over the head. Now, okay. listen, Paul, no. I'm not going to talk about that right now. I'm just saying there are guys, it doesn't matter what your size are, what your size is, I should say. There are guys that go out there on the field, and they play much bigger than their stature. Malcolm Butler is that guy. He is a dog through and through. And, Paulie, this is what Steve Kime, clearly, when you look at the six names that you wrote down here, there are there are guys on this list when you're talking about Malcolm Butler, James Conner, Brian Winters, J.J. Watt, Rodney Hudson, and A.J. Green. Those guys are all dogs. And now you, you put him in a locker room that has some notable dogs as well, including guys like Marcus Golden and Chandler Jones. I... I 
I expect really good things from this culture change. The physicality, the accountability, that leadership Buda Baker was talking about, the defense, and his quote this offseason was, quote, we're, ab- we're now able to hold each other accountable. Yes. And that's something that guys haven't really done the past few years, hold each other accountable. That's Buda Baker, all pro safety, talking about there was a need for that accountability. So you have that sort of leadership. You have that physicality. And when it comes to the X's and O's, I'm real curious, Wolf, what does this mean, for example, in the Cardinals' run game? Yes. For example, here's DJ Humphreys when Sean Kugler was promoted to run game coordinator, right? And that was back in January. Here's what the Cardinals' left tackle had to say. I know who Kooks is. And I know if he's involved, I know we're going to be downhill and we're going to be running at people and we're going to be physical because that's just what he coached. That's, that's, that's who we are as a unit. I'm so excited. Congratulations to him. Super excited for my guy, Cougs. So to what degree, and I've said this for years, are the Cardinals about to hit the big red reset button again, Wolf? And do you expect the offense to look a little different, especially that run game? I do, Paulie. I do. You know, again, it is going to be the biggest thing that I'm looking for going into the regular season. I don't know how much we're going to see during preseason, of course, only three preseason games. And once again, we know that Cliff Kingsbury likes to play it very close to the vest and not tip his hand in any way, shape, or form. So I don't know if we're going to see it in the preseason preseason but man I am certainly interested in how the Arizona Cardinals in rundown situation are going to line up and whether or not with a guy like James Conner who's 232 pounds even Chase Edmonds runs the ball very well in between the tackles to see them line up and actually try to hammer the ball in between the tackles that to me is the biggest question I have going into training camp how often are you going to put Kyler Murray under center and what kind of play action game are you going to tie into that off that hammering of the box we know he has a brand new center in rodney hudson the question on that offensive line is right guard we mentioned brian winters 6 4 an eight-year vet with the jets in buffalo most recently you got justin murray who's had seven starts a year ago at 13 starts 2019 josh jones the rookie third rounder yesterday from last year that is 6 7 right four-year starter at left tackle at houston he's in the mix max garcia is in the mix but once again brian winters is the guy they target in free agency here's the gm on the potential starting right guard the addition of brian winters excites me he's a guy that uh, i've watched for years dating back to kent state when he came out, a uh, really physical player, uh, smart, really good quickness in a short area, and I think he does a great job in pass protection. So uh, he's a guy that certainly will have a chance to compete. Not a lot of position battles going into camp. I'm thinking cornerback two, perhaps. You know, I mean, you have some different – but right guard is probably going to be yeah. the biggest position battle, I would imagine, going into camp. No, you're right about that, Paulie. Right guard, right? Justin Murray, of course. Maybe Josh Jones getting some reps – at right guard as well brian winners it's gonna be yeah that's gonna be one of the more hotly contested positions paulie and you know your point about what will cliff kingsbury show in the preseason because year number one 2019 he showed nothing nothing and what happened the first half of the first game was arguably the worst half of offensive football the cardinals have played in the cliff kingsbury era against detroit right they didn't have a preseason last year and remember on the coach's show, he said as much that he regretted and perhaps learned a lesson. So I'm wondering how much more they do show this August in the three preseason games. No doubt about it. Sometimes you got to line up and just be better than your opponent, Paul. When we come back, we're going to line up and unleash mandatory psycho Bernhard Sykovitz next on the Big Red Rage.
How did you get into football? Like, what was what was that process like of you getting introduced to the sport as a kid? Coming from Europe, every young kid starts with soccer. Um, but I never really um, enjoyed it um, a lot. Um, what I like most about football is like the physicality and you can do stuff you can really not do in real life. Like you can hit people and you can lose your mind basically. I don't know, that really excites me and um, I couldn't find it in soccer. Well, there you go. That's the answer to the question we posed in the first segment here in the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford and Gilbert. What do you four-time special team pro bowler and wedge buster have in common with Bernhard Sykovitz, one of the newest Arizona Cardinals, and if nothing else, mentality and mindset. Physicality, Paulie. That's what we have. Ding, ding, right. ding. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah, I mean, there's no way he could have continued to be a quarterback over in Europe. You know, good thing no. he, he changed positions. We can't answer. It's all about you, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. And with no further ado, Bernard Sykovitz joins us on the Big Red Rage. Bernard, how are we doing tonight? What's up, guys? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. Now, is it okay if I call you Psycho? Because I've met you, right? I've, I've met you, and I, I hope you remember meeting me in the conversation that we had. I am the color analyst for the Arizona Cardinals, and I hope it's okay if I call you Psycho. Is that all right, Bernhardt? Of course, of course, that's okay. Yes, I remember the meeting. You told me, the first thing you told me is that you love playing kickoff. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was. It was so liberating. If you can imagine Psycho running down the field, and there were four men that were 300 pounds, the size of Saturn's third moon, and you had to take two of those men out. The wedge is no longer allowed in the game of football, and that is what I did for 10 years. And, buddy, I got to tell you, I think you would have been really, really good at sticking your face onto a man's sternum and breaking it. I tell you what. I tell you what. He remembers that's his first takeaway, Wolf. His other takeaway, I guarantee it is, who's the guy with a pro wrestler voice? That's that's his other takeaway, right? I'm talking to okay, a guy. Now, wait a minute, Paulie. Yeah. Psycho, I've got to ask you this right off the top, too. What is the best food in Austria? Jeez. Ooh, the best food. i got to go with the schnitzel. Oh! Because I think it's also something you know. Yes, the schnitzel. Okay, that yeah. to me right there. I, I'd have to go to Vienna, I mean, though, right, in order to get the best. With, with a last name like Wolfley and your your German heritage, I mean, you know, it's all about the schnitzel with Wolf. <laughs> let's, let's just put it that way. What are you missing the most from Austria and the homeland, Bernhard? What are you missing the most being here in Arizona? Um, first off, I really felt really welcomed um, at the Cardinals and everybody took great care of me. So it was a really smooth transition for me, um, even um, even though I don't have family or any friends I knew from before over here. Um, but to be honest, the, the most like the, the biggest thing I miss is the family, of course, like missing seeing them all the time and um, my granddad and all that. Um, um, so I'm really looking forward to um, going back home for for like short two weeks before I come back again. Um, but to be honest, um, it's been pretty good over here, so I haven't been homesick or anything. So how is it going for you here, your experience in the National Football League? How's it going? Um, it's going pretty pretty good, um, I believe. Um, I mean, we're practicing hard every day. Um, um, putting everything in we have. Um, um, the tra- tra- transition so far has been really smooth, as I said. Um, um, I came in and I thought it would be a little bit more up-tempo, but I guess the OTAs this year are um, 
I don't know how to say it, but like the, we only had helmets on and stuff like that. So um, it wasn't too taxing on the body. Um, but I guess for a rookie, that's good because you can kind of smooth in there. Um, but yeah, it's it's been pretty good. Um, I, I'm still trying to meet everybody at the facility, which is pretty hard for me, remembering all the names and stuff. Um, but I'm going to get there. <laughs> The last time you met the media and were on board with Bernhard Sykovitz, newest Arizona Cardinals tight end, you were still in quarantine in a hotel room. You had just arrived from Europe. So what have you learned so far about the NFL that perhaps you didn't know? Um, hmm. I mean, I came in prepared um, to kind of this business monster, the NFL, like um, the cutthroat style um but I've, I've, as I said, I, I walked into a facility. Everybody welcomed me with open arms, so I didn't really feel any of that. Um, it's, it's honestly, it's just been a great experience, and um, I have fun every day. I walk in there and um, get to work, and that's also really rewarding because um, all the time playing in Europe and um, like not getting anything out of the sport um, except for playing the sport that you love with your friends. Um, but now you even get like like a reward, like actual money reward, which is really cool for me. Um, um, yeah, that's probably the biggest change for me. Psycho, are you are you honestly a celebrity over in Austria, right? I mean, how many guys are playing in the National Football League? How many guys actually have the opportunity to play in the National Football League walking around Austria? Do Do your friends know that? How big of a deal is that? Um, I mean, I don't want to say it's like a really big deal, but of course, like um, the football community in Austria, which is um, growing every day, um, I guess everybody knows about it and um, people are really intrigued by it, um, especially the young players that I've even coached at the Vikings and uh, all the other teams are really um, like happy for me and into it because that's everybody's dream, even if you grow up in Austria. Of course, it seems so far away, but um, if if even if only if one guy makes it or like gets the chance in the NFL um, to make it, that fuels a lot of young kids over in Austria mm-hmm. and Europe. Um, I've I've been talking to kids from Germany, from Swiss. I mean, um, a lot of people people reached out to me, and it's it's just really humbling to see what kind of like effect you have on young people back home very cool bernhard sykovitz our guest from the international pathway program on the cardinals roster competing for a spot uh and, and wolf to answer your question just go ahead and go to twitter and check the hashtag german bird gang okay or vienna yes. vikings i mean yes. yeah he's a big deal no doubt about it going back to how you got into football you said if i saw this correctly you fell in love with football after your first oklahoma drill <laughs> is, is that accurate Yes, that's accurate. I mean, um, back in the days in Vienna, um, the coaches um, used to be pretty old school, I would say. So the first thing the rookies would do is like tackling drills. And one one really big tackling drill is, of course, the Oklahoma drill. Um, And still to this day, I I always see the young guys, the under 10 guys doing tackling drills and Oklahoma drills. And yeah, that like the first hit, I, I, I felt weird at the first. But I don't know I, I kind of enjoyed it, and 
yeah, that's what made me stick to the sport. So, Psycho, I was a fullback for 10 years in the National Football League, a blocking fullback. Yep. They did not give me the ball. I had 23 receptions <laughs> in 10 years, if you can imagine that. 23 <laughs> in 10 years. So, and those I mean, were all checkdowns, yeah. by the way. knock it off, Paul. It was not. <laughs> they hit me in the flat on multiple occasions. Okay, um, how many times – would you like to be put into a three-point stance in the I formation? I'll ask you that. Would you – are you – are they putting you in that, or would you like to be put in that? Um, as of right now, um, I have not been put in that, but um, I will, of course, do whatever coach asks for me. Um, uh, I'm not afraid of any challenge. Um, I think um, if it helps the team, um, of course I would do that. Um but I also think that I have upsides in the catching game, of course, passing game. Um, but, yeah, I, wow. I just enjoyed playing the sport. I've played numerous positions growing up, um, and I've enjoyed every one of them. So I don't think it would be a problem for okay, me. Okay, Psycho, on that note right there, would you rather catch a touchdown pass or knock somebody <laughs> on their butt? <laughs> I think I think those are pretty much on the same level. Um, <laughs> like I really enjoy like the physical physicality of the game. Yes. Um, and when you just manhandle another guy that is a grown up man, just like you are, <laughs> um, that's a that's a really great feeling. But also yes. um, running away from someone or choking someone out to catch the touchdown is also a really rewarding feeling for me. That's a good answer right there. Yeah, Psycho. well, see, Wolf had to regroup with another question because he failed yet again to put a fullback into Cliff Kingsbury's <laughs> offense. So he had, to, he had to change directions and call an audible right there. You know, when you met the media initially, you said yeah. that you felt like you're ready to compete at this level. Have you... Is that proven? Have you seen, from what you've seen, how confident are you you can compete when training camp comes around? Um, so, of course, growing up overseas, um, I never watched an NFL game live, so I could never, or a college game, so I could never see how big the bodies really are or how fast they move. Um, so the biggest thing for me coming over here, the first thing I wanted to see for myself is how big are they, how fast are they, Um uh, and even, as I said, we didn't do any, like, we just had helmets on, so we didn't go um, head-to-head or, like, man-on-man blocking or um, any of this. Um, but seeing that from the physical standpoint, um, I'm right with those guys um, gave me um, confidence in myself. Um, so now it's just, um, can I play better football than those guys um can i learn the playbook faster um and yeah especially things like learning the playbook i think that's a hundred percent on me so um if i really study my playbook which i am um i think i can show the coaches that i'm a fast learner and um i i hope they start trusting me more and more and um, who knows what happens after this um, how do you say, I'm going to kick your butt in German? How, how do you say that? Do you know how to do that, Psycho? I mean... <laughs> yeah, it, it would be, ich trete dir in den Arsch. <laughs> I, I don't know what you said, but I like the Arsch. Yeah. yeah, well, it sounds like you just changed one letter at the end of that, that three-letter word. That's what you just changed, put an, a, an H on the so end there. So, Psycho, how is the the playbook and learning the offense, how is it coming to you? Is it is it easier than you thought it was going to be? 
Um, no, it's not. I, I mean, I expected I expected the worst, of course. Um, coming from Europe, you always hear um, the exotic playbooks and how, how many plays you have. Um, but um, lucky for me, um, we ran a similar um, like scheme um, back in Vienna. Also, like spread offense, no huddle offense. So I'm so I'm used to a lot of. Um, a lot of the thinking behind um, the playbook. Um, of course, it's all new words and mm-hmm. how we call stuff and um, and all that. But um, the general idea behind um, the scheme is pretty similar. So I guess that helped me. Um, so so it's it's going pretty good, I would say. In fact, Drew Grigson was on, Director of Player Personnel here on the Big Red Rage recently, and uh, I think the question, let's find out, was indeed about you and your ability to pick things up in the playbook. Roll it. Bernhard uh, Sikovic, mm-hmm. I've been impressed with him already, just with him picking up what we've thrown at him so far. He hasn't been swimming in it. I thought that's where he would be at this point. And, you know, with that allocation, we may have gotten lucky with that one. There you go. That's a nice compliment coming from one of the decision makers right there. And and I know you had told the media, maybe it was the German media, that you do have a chip on your shoulder. A lot of guys come in a chip on their shoulder for various reasons, you know, their draft status, what have you. Even Tom Brady still has that chip on his shoulder pad, right, from being a six-round pick. And to you, it was sort of that international angle right that in your words you said and you can elaborate on this that you know hey for the most part no one thinks i can play football because i'm coming from austria is is there some accuracy to that that's that's exactly how i still feel um but but no offense to any of the um coaches over here of course i mean if i would be in their shoes i would probably feel the same um because they have never been in contact with um, football in Austria or even an Austrian um, football player. Um, so how would they know that we actually play football over there in Austria? But, um, yeah, I mean, as I said, every day I come in, um, I try to make the best of it and, I'm, and I try to prove that I'm um, not just another guy or um, not just the international guy um, that is here, um, but I'm trying to prove that I... Um, actually can't play. So, Psycho, what is Salzburg like? Salzburg? Yes. Um, Salzburg is a really nice... Um, it's, it's, it's not not as big as Vienna. Um, not, a, not, not as many people there, but it's a really historic place. Um, a lot of old, like, houses and... Yes. Um, um, palace, you could say, I guess. Like, villas. They got a um, fortress it's a really there. Big ski resort. They got a fortress there, a castle there somewhere. A lot of castles in Austria in general. Um, <laughs> oh. Almost every like hill, there's castles. Oh. So you can you can really start getting into all the medieval um, time and trying to think how it was back then. Let's just say Wolf is really excited if the NFL plays international games in Germany and the Cardinals are in one of those games. Yeah, Is there one guy who's really, last question real quick, one guy who's really impressed you, Bernhard, one guy you're like, man, whether it's J.J. Watt or Kyler Murray, is there just one guy you're like, wow, okay, that's the NFL? Um, Of course, when I first saw J.J. Watt, I was um, impressed by his physique. Um, But more in my position, I'm really impressed by Max, like, how detailed he knows everything like for us rookies it's like when we talk over stuff it 
like we have to think about it a little bit and then we come up with the right answer most of the time but for him it's like shooting out of the pistol so um, I kind of set my benchmark there to like that's how I want to know the playbook and, um, yep. and yeah, Max so that's Williams my goal. is a big time guy to emulate no doubt about thank it thank you Bernhard thank you back right after this on the Big Red Rage alright thank you guys thank you Second down and 10, back to throw, Flacco, sacked by Gardeck. Oh my goodness, what a move by Dennis Gardeck. The Barbarian came inside, hair flying. Flacco in the pocket, going to get hit and sacked. Dennis Gardeck got him again. And then Dennis Gardeck doing an, an interesting sack dance where he just kind of bounced back and forth on his feet with his hands out, palms up. I don't know what he was asking for. What is good, Gardeck? Dennis Gardeck got up and did a little barbarian dance around the fire. That's one of two popular sack dances he had. Uh, one was titled Hit the Strobe. So uh, there was, there was <laughs> I that one. you know it, Paulie. I'm trying to remember the other one. Um, but, uh, you know, seven sacks in 93 defensive snaps. <laughs> I mean, think about that production. It's Pretty just good, Paul absurd it is the big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert we are santan ford special thanks to bernhard sykovitz how about that 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 was outstanding on so many levels wolf how about the news that the oklahoma drill is alive and well in europe how yeah, about that yeah That's- not a surprise right there paulie honestly well, line up and see who's the better man on any given play let me tell you it is a tribal thing to do it truly is the most intense part of practice you'll ever see or ever come across and after three months here in Arizona, he's an official resident because he survived 118, and he survived, what, six straight days of 115-plus. So, yep. boom, he's officially a resident of the AZ. So looking forward to seeing what he brings in camp, especially when they put on the pads, and and we'll see how he holds up at the point of attack. No surprise that he's uh, been impressed by Max Williams, who's able to excel one of those dual tight ends. And then how could you not be impressed by what Dennis Gardak did a year ago. The only reason he got into that Jets game, Wolf, was because it was a dire emergency. Mm-hmm. There was Chandler Jones in the sideline. I vividly remember MetLife Stadium, 80,000 seats, all empty. We're on the mezzanine level, and you could hear the sideline better than you could in a regular game when you're standing on the sideline. It was just, it was, and then there's Chandler with a torn biceps tendon and Gardak. No one truly yeah. knew what was going to happen. Give me your take as you look back now on what he was able to accomplish last year rushing the pass. Well, Paulie, you've already said it right there. I mean, the fact he had seven sacks and 93 snaps, that is just a ridiculous ratio right there. I, I That's got to be Lawrence Taylor's stuff. <laughs> and yet here's a guy that does it completely different than Lawrence Taylor did it because he's a motor guy. That's what he is. He's a guy that is an effort guy, a guy that plays very, very well in transition on special teams, special teams captain, of course, for the Arizona Cardinals. But you know what? Uh, listen, he's just a guy that you can bring in and get some quality snaps from, and that is fantastic. I love the fact that Dennis Gardeck is going to be part of this team going forward. He ended up second in sacks on the Cardinals defense. Think about that. And that's despite missing the last two games because, remember, the bad news was Week 15 against the Eagles. Down goes Gardeck yeah. with a torn ACL, and he's he's been rehabbing big time. He, in fact, you go to azcardinals.com and our Darren Urban, he talked with Gardeck and got the latest. Now, look, he, he tore an ACL in high school. 
So good news, bad news. Yeah, he retore it, uh, but the good news is he's been through it. And so he thinks he's on track. It's still uncertain exactly when or whether he'll be on pup to start the season. In fact, Cliff Kingsbury asked about Gardek's timetable. Dennis, I, I wouldn't put anything past Dennis. I mean, he looks great. Uh, it sounds like he's ahead of schedule by all accounts. And so we'll see how he feels going into training camp. But um, if he's not ready for the start, uh, I, I would expect him to be uh, ready soon thereafter. And we know how the Cardinals feel about him. They gave him a second-round tender. So he's going to earn $2 million plus this year. He was a restricted free agent. But, Wolf, think about it. Think about that Cardinals pass rush. Hit zoom out. Yeah. You have Chandler Jones coming back from the torn bicep. That's a JJ, good start right J.J. Watt. I mean, Marcus Golden. And then if Dennis Gardeck is actually available and he's a, anywhere near as effective as last year. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. a pretty stout pass rush. I got I got to throw in Chandler Jones, of course, J.J. Watt, Jordan Phillips. I got to throw Jordan Phillips in there and Marcus Golden. Those four guys right there. Um, light up and get to the queue, man. Get home to the quarterback right there. And then you throw in guys like Dennis Gardak. No doubt about that, Paul. Some effort guys right there. I'm really excited about it. When you think that the Arizona Cardinals were number five in sacks per attempt, it's a much better way to quantify what kind of pressure you're actually getting on a quarterback. Sacks per attempt. And to think they were number five in the National Football League without Chandler Jones. That's staggering. Jordan Phillips getting hurt as well. It just, honestly, Paul, that number to me is really, really encouraging. And hopefully they can do a better job with their rush defense. Do a better job with the in the box, bringing up third and obvious pass situations. Third and seven, third and eight third and 10 because you're shutting it down you're shutting down the run you're doing a good job and run down situations you're getting to those third and obvious pass situations and then you can let the dogs eat you're cliff kingsbury your defensive coordinator vance joseph you're going into camp just over a month away what are some of the big questions you want answered on defense and keep in mind the GM Steve Kime has allocated nearly $105 million in cap space to the defense, which is the fifth most on that side of the ball in the NFL. So it's been a point of emphasis, and the investment has been there in terms of salary cap dollars. My question to you is, what do you think the coaches want an answer to by the time they're done with camp? You tell me how those inside linebackers are going to play, Paulie, right now. You tell me how Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons are going to play, not only physically, of course, going about their business playing inside linebacker. Paul, would you say that's a physical position in the National Football League? Uh, If it isn't, you're in trouble. (laughs) Put your mouth guard in, and you better have all four buckles buckled up because it is going to hurt playing inside linebacker linebacker in the National Football League. It's a very physical position. The only thing that pals to that is the mental side of playing inside linebacker in the National Football League. It's even more intense than the physicality. You've got to know exactly what you're doing. You've got to know not only defenses and the responsibilities of other guys that line up in the box, but you also have to have all the checks What happens if formation strength changes? What happens if they're in this personnel group? It's all game plan, and you've got to know the checks that come with it, Paul. And a lot of times those happen, oh boy, here comes jet motion. 
it happens quickly, and you got to be able to call it out for everybody. So is that realistic? I mean, should our <laughs> boxers, should our collective boxers be bunging right now? You know, I was bunging last year about Isaiah Simmons playing in the box as a weak side inside linebacker and trying to move them all over. Let's move them all over the play. Now, they did move them over, but it was in selective plays it wasn't like they were putting it moving them all right. over the place so we could make all sorts of plays Polly, yeah of course you there's going to be a learning experience for zaven collins here there's going to be a learning curve man but you know what hey sometimes you just got to throw dudes into the fire and see how they come out of it you know what gives me solace you know what gives me confidence is that vance joseph has been through this to a large degree, when he was on the Niners' defensive staff when they had Patrick Willis that's, and Navarro Bowman. That's great, Paul. And, and when Patrick Willis was that rookie, and he started from day one, yes. just like Zayvon Collins is scheduled to start. So at least you have a defensive coordinator who's been there and done that. And based on what Vance Joseph told us recently on the Big Red Rage, he's going to simplify things accordingly, right? Yes. No, absolutely, Paul. I think you're right about that. That is an astute observation and a great uh, comparison as well, that being the 49ers and Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman. I think the same dynamic to some degree exists here. My, my second question will be about that defense, will be the corner position mm. and yep. that secondary in general, Paulie. How do those corners come together, right? We've got some excellent prospects of Robert Alford, of course, of Byron Murphy playing on the slot, Malcolm Butler, the dog. Um, how's he going to play? And how are they going to come together and mesh in that secondary? That's my second question. As once again, Vance Joseph would love to put his two corners on an island and then dial up the other nine guys, right? But, yep. but can he? Will he? Will he have that ability with a Malcolm Butler and Robert Alford or perhaps a Byron Murphy or one of the young guys, the Tay Gowans or Marco Wilsons, make a run and get some playing time. We'll see. Cardinals last year finished number 12 in the NFL on points allowed per game. See if they can get into that top 10. We'll continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert right after this. Are you ready for the news? Yes. J.J. Watt signed to the Cardinals. You out! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Did he really? He really did. Let's just say that video went viral. A couple of Cardinal fans, mom with her young fan right there, informing her him of the news that the Cardinals had inked J.J. Watt. Once uh, the tweet came out from J.J. Watt, the official account, we realized it wasn't some sort of Photoshop, that it was legit. And you know what? Channeling the reaction from basically every member of the Red Sea, that J.J. Watt is on board as we wrap up this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and Wolf, it was impressive to watch J.J. Watt. I know it's minicamp. I know they have on shorts and helmets and no shoulder pads, but you're looking for leadership. You got leadership. He was a guy who let off every single drill. He's very vocal. He's bringing tons of energy. He's setting the tone. So, so far, so good on what the Cardinals have seen out of minicamp. One of the things I've really appreciated about J.J. Watt and just listening to J.J. Watt, Paulie, is his willingness to walk up to teammates and challenge them and question them. What are you doing? Guys that 
you you stare down, so to speak, guys that you know can help you win games. And if, in fact, they're not doing what they should be doing, the accountability inside a locker room is so important. Paul, just stop and think about how important that is that you got teammates that care enough about you. And this is one of the fascinating things about listening to J.J. Watt talking about his approach, getting to know each and every guy and getting to know what makes him tick, so what? So we could walk up on them and do it out of love and yet be stern and let them know, I'm going to keep you accountable. I'm going to keep myself accountable first, and I'm going to keep you accountable as well. To me, that is one of the most impressive things about J.J. Watt. And what Buda Baker tell us on the Big Red Rage recently, right? That's exactly what he's been doing. He's been asking some of the other team leaders, okay, tell me about this guy. Tell me about that guy. And, and yes, he's trying to get to know these guys inside out. So to your point, on game day or in that, that moment where the game's on the line, he knows how to motivate or how to talk to another guy. And you know what? Paul, what interesting- you just said, though, I got to interrupt you. What you just said, you brought up Buda Baker, right? Yep. Think, okay, think about Buda. Paulie, is Buda Baker the biggest player on the field? <laughs> Far from. From it. Far from it, Paul. And yet he is an absolute man when he plays this game. So do you think his profile in the locker room is is a big profile? Yes, is the answer to that. And because of that, I look at Buddha Baker. Everyone watches Buddha go about his business, knowing he's not the biggest guy, yet he plays 10 times his size. His shadow is massive on the gridiron. That's the kind of respect. So now if Buda Baker, by way of example, walks up on you and says, what are you doing? (laughs) You think that's going to have an impact on you as a person? It it better, because if it doesn't, you're going to be out of that locker room as it goes. If you want to know Buda's value to the Cardinals defense, just go back and queue up the game film from week four at Carolina last year and it was the worst defensive performance by the Cardinals D all season long and they looked lost without Buda Baker uh, as for that defensive line Wolf we know it's imperative hello you open against Derrick Henry and in week two you get Dalvin Cook you get Mike Vrabel and Mike Zimmer two very physical mindset type of coaches they're going to come right at you and it starts with stopping the run we know that Cliff Kingsbury was asked how he likes the looks of his D line room the addition of J.J., the, the young guys who drafted last year, signing Jordan Phillips, uh, we really like where it's at. Uh, I think with Coach Buck and, and what he brings to the table with those young guys mixed in with some vets who've had a ton of success in this league, it's going to be a great room. The young guys primarily being Lecky Fotu or Shard Lawrence, who both definitely stood out during minicamp. Zach Allen, I tell you what. Zach Allen was getting a lot of props from Jordan Phillips as they were going through. I'm curious. He had the unbelievable game week 15 against Philly. That you know the 11 tackles, and he had done things that only the elite guys had done in a single game for defensive linemen in NFL history. We'll see if he can be a little more consistent this year. But overall, Wolf, how do you like the looks of the depth chart at D line? Yeah, no, I like it, Paulie. I really do. I'm glad you brought up Zach Allen because once again, I think a guy playing a five technique, which is over an offensive tackle, whether it's the left offense of tackle right over uh right offensive tackle really doesn't matter i like him as the five technique out there he plays very very well i think the defensive line is going to be tested i'm glad you brought up the first two games the tennessee titans and the minnesota vikings two very similar offenses paulie two offenses that are built on running the ball in between the tackles or using play action to throw the ball they do it tennessee by way of example, is probably better than anybody in the league in regard to play action.
play-action passes, even better than Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers and their tackle zone scheme. They're going to line up Derrick Henry. They're going to run him downhill. He's going to try to run your face over behind a very physical offensive line. When you hear Steve Kime talking about we've got to get more physical and we need better leadership in the locker room, think of week one. And the Tennessee Titans, because that is going to test them, especially being on the road. And then the Minnesota Vikings, once again, two very similar offenses that are predicated on hammering the box and then throwing the ball over the middle of the field and taking some shots downfield because of that rushing attack. And guess what? Especially against Tennessee, it's not so easy now to load the box and put eight in the box when they just added Julio Jones. Oh, holy. I mean, think about that. So it's imperative that your front seven can stand on their own and stop the run because the moment you start loading the box, Ryan Tannehill, to your point, play action, and now, boom, they're going yes. down the seams and over the top to the likes of their two big weapons. Who are you going to single up? That's the question, right? Who are you going to single up? And man cover. I, I don't know, man. You got to put seven guys in the box and fight for your life. Right. By the way, that week two game against the Vikings, the home opener, azcardinals.com slash game ticks. That is where you go. Single game tickets on sale now, azcardinals.com slash game ticks, T I X. Special thanks, Bernhard Sykovitz, mandatory psycho. psycho here tonight for Ron Wolfley on Paul Calvisi. Special thanks, Jim Alejandro and Cody Fincher. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Number one, Tyler Murray! You've been listening to the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.